0: Fans, what a game, what a crowd, 25-24 against France, going down to the dying seconds. The Black Ferns are into the final of the Rugby World Cup against England, on home soil, Ah, <sighs> breathe. The All Blacks romped home against Wales, Australia wins the Fast Five in Christchurch but have been kicked out of the T20 World Cup. Kia ora Aotearoa. I'm Zoe George and this is the Podium Sports News but not as you know it from Stuff. Nat Harker really set the tone for what was a battle of two tournament powerhouses, early jitters for the Black Ferns, and that classic strong defence put France ahead early until this magical moment off a penalty. Go. She picks it up. Ball game, wow. Right out in front of me, it was incredible. Stacey Flula, that try was absolutely incredible, right in front of me. The crowd were on their feet, re-energised. It was an absolutely magical moment, a turning point in the game. Now it was always going to be a game which came down to the wire and it did. Everyone on their feet waiting for the final hooter after a missed penalty kick and the dying seconds which would have given France the win. Co-captain Kennedy Simons summed up the emotional roller coaster for everyone. I was looking at looking at the kicker. And as soon as she hit the ball, I was just sort of like, oh, it's going over. And then it didn't, and my eyes just lit up. (laughs) And then I was just chasing it, caught it, thinking about giving it to Portia. I was like, no, we've got to hold on to this. So, yeah, it was like "Mm, my heart's still racing. My poor heart could barely cope in those dying moments. I swear that game aged me 10 years. So let's look ahead to next week for the final against England. Wayne Smith backing the Black Ferns as a team with heart. But he also recognises they'll be the underdogs.
1: Obviously, I've done a lot of work on England, Have, as all the coaches have. They're pretty frightening, like they're um, so efficient in what they do. You know, it's easy to say, don't give away scrums, don't give away penalties, don't give away lineouts, because all three or two of them, scrums and lineouts, lead to the third, which is penalties. So we're going to have to yeah, work out strategically. How are
2: we going to manage that?
0: Assistant coach Whitney Hanson had another priority. Now be honest, who have you guys back for us? I did. <laughs> <laughs> None of that this week. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, our very own Joseph Pearson. A bit of stick there from Whitney Hanson. Welcome Joe. Good morning. That game was one of the most exciting games of rugby I think I've ever seen in a long, long time. You could feel the wairua from fans and players alike. What was the experience like for you?
1: Well, I hope the words I wrote uh, tried to sum up the madness as best as possible. <laughs> it made no sense, and I've got to try and make sense of it. Yeah, it was It was an incredible game, wasn't it? It was just, uh, I think, a real test match. A Bit of an old cliche, that one, but... I, I, honestly, I've looked back on it and the Blackfins certainly got some lucky moments in that game which went their no way. It almost seems like it was meant to be for them, wasn't it, in that second half with the bounce of the ball. But just looking back, like I think we can be relieved that we've got the final we all wanted, right?
0: Uh it was that moment where that penalty was given that came off a yellow card, and we'll get to that in a minute, but, yeah, where I was sitting in the crowd in the stand, everyone was on their feet, holding their breath when she went to line it up, and then they started to scream and shout and kind of really encourage the Black fans. and when she missed, people were just like, hold on, what's going on here? Uh, and then I think there was three f- phases, and then... And then Coxage booted it out after the Hooter went and it was all over.
1: Yeah, it's one of those where you can only, the only kick you remember the whole night is is Kendra Coxage kicking it out. (laughs) And the last, like, you just don't really remember anything else before because it was just such a, like, the last 15 minutes as Andrew Vorman has expertly summarized on a stuff uh, article yesterday. um, It really was as crazy a final quarter as you could ever imagine. Like, there was just so much that happened. There was those two yellow cards, one for each team. And of course, Santo Tomata, the Black Ferns prop, who was yellow carded, which led to the Drouin penalty goal attempt at the end. Like that, I mean, it would have been awful for her. She's such a young prop. Had that been the moment, which led to France winning, mm. um, because she was what only at school last year. So that could have been that could have been a very difficult moment for her potentially. But um, I'm sure, she was pretty relieved when she saw it go. Sure, it go to the left. Um, yeah, what a night.
0: <laughs> what a night, what a night. Yes, do we know um, what's happening with Tamata because she's going to have to go in front of the disciplinary board, right? Uh, They're making a decision about not it. Not yet,
1: no, we, we, we won't know. I mean, she, um, normally they would have cited her by now. I mean, just looking at my phone, it's just buzzed. It could be a WhatsApp thing from WorldWig, but it's not. I don't know, she got yellow carded for it, I think that might be deemed a sufficient punishment for it. Um, Some of the guys in the commentary box were saying that it should have been a red card, as well as the French yellow card too, which is fairly similar, which was actually a hit on Toyomata.
0: What went on with our kicking? Because we missed a few shots at goal that would have opened up the lead and kind of given us a bit of a buffer instead of one point.
1: Yeah, well the French are a brilliant kicking side, as are England, as I'm sure we'll come on to later in the pod, but... Yeah, Some of Kendra Coxedge's kicks, particularly one towards the end when the Ferns had that narrow advantage and were heading towards uh, the French half when she just kicked and gave it back to them was, was difficult to explain, but um, it's just an area that the really aren't really that strong at. I think Ruahe Demat has improved her kicking game significantly, um, but it's just something that they're, they're no, clearly nowhere near as good at compared to France and England, and England particularly have probably got the best kicking 10 in Zoe Harrison. Um, so that will certainly be something the Fans will have to give plenty of thought about. But they like to run the ball a lot anyway, of course, as we know, as we've seen in the tournament. But yeah, it, it is something that is a little bit of a concern going into a game. Again, well, as Wayne Smith said, they are underdogs for this game, aren't they? And uh, what did he say? He said they were frightening, frightening and efficient, <laughs> which is menacing, isn't it? But look, I, I, think as, I think I said it in the first week, didn't I? Like, this is the final we wanted. It's perfectly poised. The way England stumbled into the final will certainly give a lot of people hope that the Black can spring an upset. Um upset seems a bit of a uh, exaggeration like it, it's it's difficult to call at this stage. I, I'm not going to make a prediction until Friday. I'm just going to Okay. Put that out
0: there. Well, well, we'll ask you then. Um before I let you go, do you think that this weekend just gone and this coming weekend is a watershed moment for women's rugby and women's sport?
1: Yeah, the whole tournament has been like I, I've been blown away. By the crowds at the tournament, I was there both weeks in Northland as well as the opening weekend in Eden Park. That second game at Waitakere wasn't great because it was just such a small crowd. You know, you just can't get enough people in there, really. But yeah, I had very low expectations of New Zealanders to actually turn up, and because they just, in my experience of living here for seven years, they just don't really seem to turn up for enough sports events. It's just the way way it is. I don't really know why, um, but they've they've come out in force, and there was only twenty two thousand there on. Saturday night, which is a bit of a disappointment given there was 34 in the opening weekend. However, it looks like we're going to get more than 40, doesn't it, for the final. Um, so that's on track to sell out. I don't think it's officially sold out yet because they're looking at adding extra seats. But, yeah, so we're going to get an even another world record crowd. Well,
0: bring it on. I can't wait to be there with you. Um, it's going to be wonderfully exciting rugby Um, the black fans will play England in the final in front of a nearly sold-out crowd now England are tournament favorites but their semi-final against Canada was closer than many thought with the final score 26-19 the turning point of the game was an incredible 105 meter runaway try by the Red Roses finished off by Abby Dowell while the crowd was small uh, Then the Fans game, they were incredibly vocal and lots of fun. And I spent some time out with both the Canadian and English fans. Um, I met Canadian Wayne Stobie, who was sporting a wrestling mask and had flown in from Toronto that very morning just to watch his team. Uh, he had even coached some of the Canadian players at university level and then flew back to Canada on Sunday. Now that's real dedication. And when the final whistle blew, I was sitting with the parents of the Red Roses and chatted to Dave Oldcroft, father of player of the match, current World Player of the Year, and English number 4 Zoe Oldcroft, and this is what he had to say.
3: Excellent game. Too close. It's good. the heart. Pulpitations in the heart, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's, uh, it's
4: a great win. Canada played very well as well.
0: I was expecting slightly a bigger scoreline, but... No,
4: no, no, they played very well, I must admit.
2: Well, girls held on until the end. I was very worried. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you're, you're Come look, on, girls. <laughs> you looked incredibly tense right at the, like in the last five minutes, you and you're the not, team. You're not kidding. Yep, yep. <laughs> oh, go Dad. It's so wonderful seeing fathers supporting their daughters like this. It's just wonderful. Elgin Alderman uh, from the Times newspaper in the UK is in New Zealand to cover the Red Roses, who reached the finals of the Rugby World Cup by winning their 30th game in a row. Uh, He also got up very early to watch the All Blacks play Wales at the weekend. Um, But I was first curious to know if he was surprised the game between England and Canada was that close.
2: I think people expected Canada to give a really good account of themselves, but I don't think anyone thought it'd be quite as close as it was. I mean, finishing just seven points apart. And you think back to that magical moment when it was 18-12 to England. Canada were hammering away at the line and you thought, surely they're going to score here and they're going to take the lead, Fifty minutes gone. And then lo and behold, England turned it over behind their own try line. Claudia McDonald is sent down the left, two steps inside, Dow's tracking on the right wing, runs it from 65 metres. You know, it, it was at least 100 metres, possibly up to 115 metres on the angle. It really was quite something. And that just that just turned the game, that magic moment. And then Canada, they they carried on battling hard, but they did miss a few really good chances, turnovers, missed lineouts outs in the attack. So it was there for Canada to take, but England's ability, class, resilience did did just tell in the end.
0: Yeah, and we've got to remember as well that we've got a professional team in England and we have a quote-unquote amateur team who play like professionals in Canada. So maybe next time, the next World Cup, it's going to be Canada's turn.
2: Absolutely. You you said quote-unquote and that's it's apt you've said that because Canada don't like being referred to as an amateur team. Because the way I, I refer to them as, as a pro bono team because they 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 play and train like professionals but obviously they live out of suitcases for months of the year they give up jobs give up career progression just just to do this and uh, we were speaking to Sarah Hunter the England captain after the game and, you know, she was saying that she hopes that Rugby Canada does find a way to support this team because they went toe-to-toe with the best team in the world despite having none of the salaried backing that England have. So you'd hope that in three years' time and over the next three years when, when the World Cup returns that Canada will get some more support that their, their talent so clearly deserves.
0: Well, that's it. Last year, you know, New Zealand lost several games on the trot. We hadn't had a lot of preparation leading into that Northern Tour where both England and France beat us quite significantly, no doubt, um, but now, you know, well, we've just, the Black Ferns have just made it into the final against England, so what's going to be England's power play on Saturday? What can we expect from England if they're going to pull it out of the bag and beat the Black Ferns?
2: Well, England's absolute super strength is their driving all to the point where, Simon Middleton and Sarah Hunter have spent much of the past five weeks saying, uh, defending their their over-reliance on it almost because it is such a super strength that that's all they've needed to do a lot of the time. Canada did match them in that area. England did score one driving ball try. But generally, Canada actually got the better of them in many regards. The thing is, New Zealand, obviously, they've got thrilling outside backs. Some of their handling, their attacking play has been absolutely majestic in this tournament. But up front, it hasn't been all perfect. We saw Wales, for example, New Zealand beat Wales 56-12. But Wales got quite a few driving malls on, some good scrums on. So you'd think that the balance of the final could come down to whether or not England can muller New Zealand up front. (laughs) Or if New Zealand can get enough parity that then their skill out wide, Portia Woodman, Ruby Tui, will have a big effect on the game.
0: Okay, what's your score prediction? Go on.
2: I think in terms of the percentages, I'm putting England as 60, 40% favourites. So I'll go, I will go 30, 27 to England.
0: Oh, okay. So just a penalty in it. All right then. Um, And also in rugby over the weekend, the All Blacks uh, continued their historic winning streak against Wales, winning 55, 23 in Cardiff. And you were up bright and early on Sunday morning to watch it. Did Wales ever look like they could beat the All Blacks?
2: Uh, in truth they didn't they were they were they were in the game for you know maybe 50 minutes or so but they were always chasing it there was one moment where Gareth Hanskin was hauled down in the corner when uh, he could have scored but he didn't quite have the pace to get free from Richie Mwanga. that would have made it 36 28 maybe 36 30 if the conversion got uh, went over but that would have been as close as they got and as has happened, so many years in the matches between these two sides new zealand just pulled away at the end with a couple of late tries and in the end the scoreline of 55-23 was, was not pretty reading for wales you know m- many welsh people were thinking that this was the chance to end 69 years of hurt because because they liked to look at the team and because new zealand those still very good have lost a few more internationals of late than they tend to but in the end it went the way it, it has most of the time for the past 13 years
0: well yes uh, the performances of the All blacks this year have been described as a box of chocolates because you never know what you're gonna get with them um, I mean that series against Ireland uh, a few months ago where the black uh, all blacks lost um, and then that game against Japan last weekend you just you just don't know um, but you know we the all blacks gave away 11 11- penalties some of them in their own half that's not going to cut it against Scotland and England as are over the next couple of weeks
2: no no you wouldn't think so I mean th- th- I, I always I-, I think some of the criticism of New Zealand has been a bit over the top and, and it comes from the fact that ever since you know the late 19th century they've just had absurdly high standards of results so when you lose what, what was it six tests out of 12 or whatever it is suddenly that just looks cataclysmically bad but In most of those games, they weren't far away. They just missed out on some key moments. We saw it a bit against Wales where... There were some more knock-ons that you don't normally get from the great New Zealand teams. Some um, mistakes here and there. The conditions weren't great for ball handling, which might explain some of that. But uh, they're, they're certainly not playing quite as well as they usually do, but they're still a very good team.
0: Elgin Alderman from the Times newspaper in the UK. I will be seeing him at Eden Park on Saturday. And also this weekend, Argentina pulled off an astonishing upset against England by 30-29 at Twickenham, despite hardly any ball or territory and a bat. The Black Caps have secured a semi-final spot against Pakistan in the T20 Cricket World Cup on Wednesday night, thanks to the Netherlands beating South Africa. Staff reporter Rob Van Rooyen-Kiora... Hey there. Host Nation Australia have been knocked out of the competition.
3: Yeah, world champs Gomburger, uh on net run rate. Uh, they actually finished equal with New Zealand and England on seven points, but they missed that on net run rate. Ultimately, that's down to that uh, hammering the Black Caps dished out in their opener. Um, they'll probably also look back at the weather, which um, wiped out their game against England, which was obviously a big match in, in pole play. Um they had a chance still. They needed a really big win against Afghanistan and then they had to hope Sri Lanka could keep things close with uh, England. But look, when they eked past Afghanistan by just four runs a couple of days ago, uh, that was pretty much it for them.
0: Oh, goodness. And there have been other upsets in the tournament?
3: Well, the biggies, obviously, I mean, the one you've just t- touched on, the the Netherlands beating South Africa, I mean, that's, that's arguably the biggest of, of the tournament so far. I mean... The poor South African fans, look, their side's got a history of capitulating in in Cricket World Cups, and they've done it again. Look, win, and they were in yesterday. Uh, Instead, they... Trupped up by 13 runs to the Dutch. That opened the, the door for Pakistan to get in, and that's set up a, 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 quite a tasty semi-final on Wednesday night.
0: Yes, so I think it's at 9pm New Zealand time Wednesday night. What can we expect?
3: Well, New Zealand and Pakistan have seen a fair bit of each other recently. Uh, actually, Pakistan won two of the three matches in Christchurch uh, immediately before the, the World Cup, including that tri-series final here um, look, they're a very good side. Mohamed Rizwan and Barbara Assam um, with the bat, Shaheen Afridi with the ball. Uh, look, Azam has been one of the best players in the world, he's been very quiet in this World Cup. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he lights it up against the Black Caps, to be honest, in the, the semi final. He's got to come right at some stage. Look, this, this is a real toss up 50 50 game, as, most, as, as probably the other uh, semi final between India and England is. Look, regardless, both. Really quality semi final matchups, and uh, the, yeah, the, the last three matches of this tournament are going to be uh, Belters.
0: It will be an exciting week for Black Caps fans, so bring it on. It was also a nail biting action for league fans over the weekend, with the Kiwis being challenged by Fiji in the quarter final of the Men's Rugby League World Cup in the UK. Stuff sports reporter David Long, kia ora. Hi there, Zoe. Uh, so it was 24-18 to the Kiwis, but it was a controversial call that got ki- the Kiwis over the line. What happened?
4: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, with 10 minutes to go, it was 18 all The Kiwis had come back from, from being down by 12 points uh, earlier in that second half. And Joey Manu made a uh, run towards the um, uh, Fiji line. He... Caught and tackled by a couple of players. It looked as if he dropped the ball as he was tackled. Um, He challenged it. Uh, He asked for the captain's challenge and it was successful. And um, despite the on-field being decision... Decision being that it was a a drop ball, the TMO said it was a strip, so penalty to New Zealand. And um, Jordan Rapana stepped up and and kicked kicked the penalty to put New Zealand in front. And then later, just before um, the final whistle went, Jordan Rapana scored a try, um, which did sort of... um, I guess made the scoreline a bit more one-sided than the game actually was. But, um, you know, it was a very sort of um, very big moment in the game to, to give that penalty to New Zealand. And, you know, we, you never know what would happen if that wasn't given. But um, it certainly made things a lot easier for New Zealand over that last 10 minutes.
0: Mm, well, you know, we spoke with uh, Honey Hedemi-Smiler last week and she said not to, uh, you know, take the Fijians lightly, that it would be a big challenge. And so it was a big challenge. Uh, who, do we, who do the Kiwis now play in the semifinals?
4: You so they now go on to play Australia on a Saturday morning New Zealand time. Um, it's it's um, it's been the game that's been looming there on the horizon for the for the Kiwis for a while. It's, it's always going to be t- so tough to play them. I mean, New Zealand are ranked number one in the world and Australia are number two, but you'd still. I um, have to think Australia would be, be the favourites for it um, just because of the, the depth and quality they've got in their side.
0: And then also this morning, in the wee early hours of this morning, Samoa has reached their first Rugby League World Cup semi-final after an incredible clash with Pacific neighbour Tonga, 20-18. to 18. Oh, Was that a surprising result for you, David?
4: Um, not really. I think um, the Tonga team from five years ago, when... Uh, they had the big exodus of players from the Kiwis team to go and join them for the World Cup. That They're not as good as the side they had that, uh, at that time, and they've sort of dropped away a bit over the years, whereas, whereas Samoa sort of been going in the other way. Um, five years ago, they're a very poor team, and they've gradually built up and got more professional about how they manage their team, Uh. And um, you know, managed to get a good, a good win. They've got it's a quality team now. Um, that's Samoa, and so it, it was always going to be a tough game. And I'm sure there was lots of partying and celebrations in <laughs> Auckland last <laughs> night when that game was going on. Um, but it's fantastic. It's a fantastic result for Samoa who now go on and play England in in their semi-final.
0: Yes, well, producer Jono knows a few things about celebrations at 3am this morning, don't you? Oh,
5: I have to tell you, David, you talk about celebrations. I think I must live near a very large Samoan family and they were sitting off fireworks, I think, every time a try was scored. It's safe to say uh, producer is not in great uh, shape today. (laughs) A little bit of sleep deprivation kicking in, but it sounded like they were having a great time. So really, who can begrudge them in the end?
4: Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's just a shame it was... it was so, so such a bad time timing for that game for for us in New Zealand to watch it at three at three o'clock. But um, I'm not sure whether people would have gone through the night or would have woke up again and then and then watched the game.
0: Well, and then they would have stayed up for the Kiwi Ferns who played the Cook Islands this morning, winning thirty four four standout performers for you, David. Uh,
4: you'd have to say again Racy McGregor for the Kiwi Ferns, the the halfback who won the Delhi M Award uh, this year in the NRLW. She's she's. I think she's head and shoulders above everybody else in women's rugby league at the moment. The way she she can con- control a game, she scored two tries, fantastic tries throwing dummies, and she set up a couple of others. Um, she's really is an incredible incredible player. And um, the Kiwi Kiwi parents, but born in Australia and grew up in Australia, and uh, I think we're we're grateful and we're quite lucky that she she has chose to play for New Zealand.
0: Here's what else is making headlines: Australia actually won something this weekend. <laughs> with the Fast Five team winning the competition in Christchurch in front of a very rowdy festival-vibe crowd. The Ferns came third, but it was a great chance to trial some possible World Cup fringe players. The Wellington Phoenix scored their first win of the A-League season with a 4-1 win against MacArthur at the Caketon yesterday. All-white striker Chris Wood also scored his first Premier League goal for Newcastle in a 4-1 win over Southampton. Sonny Bill Williams is considering retiring from boxing after experiencing his first knockout loss in the fourth round against Kiwi MMA veteran Mark Hunt in Sydney on Saturday. And New Zealand's been beaten by England by the narrowest of margins, 45-44 on countback at the Squash Nations Cup in Tauranga. The New Zealand Open also starts this week in Tauranga and it's a great chance to catch Joelle King and the team in action. Hi, producer John O. Good morning, Zoe. So are you now a rugby fan after watching the game on the weekend? I
5: am obsessed with the Black Ferns, and I am just sad that I haven't bought tickets to the final. I mean, I know they're releasing more over the next couple of days, and that's great news. Love a world record crowd. But it just looked like such a great time, and I, I am so happy the Black Ferns have made the final. How stressful with the last like 10 seconds of that match. So I was watching and it was just like, oh my God, what is happening? I don't even know anymore. Next Saturday is going to go absolutely off.
0: I mean, we're not meant to be biased here, but go the black fans. I mean, I feel like if there's one
5: opportunity for us to be biased, we can probably get this one past management. <laughs> I don't think anyone's gonna really take us to HR over this. So <laughs> go the black ferns. You can do it. We believe and we will be there. Possibly with literal bells on. Let's not rule that out.
0: <laughs> uh, and that's it for the podium. I'm Zoe George, and on behalf of our guests this week, producer John o. Williams and Philip Atoli, and audio editor Connor Scott, thank you for listening. What did you make of the Blackfin semi? Can they beat England? Tell us your thoughts via email. The podium at staff.co.nz. We'll catch you Friday. Until then, Namihi, go well. Hey, Chris. Yes? Do you want another very broad question? I've
4: got a very broad question Go today. on, then. What
0: do you know about sports?
4: Up oh, the wires! Go the Black Caps! And don't forget, Premier League football! Oh, you do love a bit of Premier League footage, do. don't you?
0: What team is it that you support? Oh,
4: the current champions, Manchester City.
0: I think they're pronounced Arsenal. It's pronounced Arsenal.
4: Uh, but you know what's good about football? What? They don't regulate soccer height.
0: Sorry, there's a sport that regulates
4: sock height? Indeed there is, and it's cycling.
0: That's very strange. Why on earth do they regulate it?
4: Well, I know, but if you want to find out, you'll have to listen to The Big Stuff Quiz, wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Oh, that's a cliffhanger indeed. The Big Stuff Quiz is brought to you by Melbourne Every Bit Different.